Hey guys, this is Live Talks with Scott, and we are starting session two with Jonathan West. If you listen to the end of the last one, then you were literally... Uh, <laughs> we're over here laughing at memes. That's the truth, yes. The, uh, okay, so we talked about Daniel, but I guess my thing is, uh, as far as the function of the prophet for the church, he's interceding and things like that. What is it that drives, like, like if you're a prophet or a prophetic person, what do you think I, it is that drives? Do you think every prophet, because it, 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 it's the fivefold gift, which is given right. by Christ, do you think it is, uh, do you think they're driven by the same thing? Like, what is the driving force behind? I think the it's prophet? the the heart and emotions of the mind of God into the earth. That's what I, I think when I think of a prophet is when it's like, how does the Lord think and feel about something, and how do you? I think a a prophet equips people to feel those things, and I think that there are. You know, we, we talked about in the last podcast how there's a number of different things, just like there's a number of different emotions. Like, I think that there are prophets that capture that emotion of God where, um, and I think, like, you take somebody like Michael Brown, who's not, I mean, he's not going to give you a personal word. No. He doesn't get national prophetic words. I don't even know if he believes in them. Um, but, but, he, but he is... A prophet in the prophetic in the sense of the standard of the Lord, in yeah. the sense of holiness, you know, and he's when he's talking about wickedness and the gospel, he he is prophetic in that sense. When he stands up and he says, no, this is how our nation should look, you know, this is how righteousness um, would be, you know, I mean, he's he's attacked on all fronts just because he has a um, he he knows that um, unrighteousness with the LGBT, QA whatever Anana movement um, he, he 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 has that and so he goes and conf- he he confronts that that's a prophetic thing and that's that's one of the things where well the, but that that probably breaks the paradigm of what a lot of people would describe as a prophet. If you would say he's prophet, he, he's a prophet, prophetic in that sense. I mean, yeah. it's it's not always like you're getting a a, a a revelation, immediate download, but it could be that you're carrying a burden of the Lord that's timely. I think I think that the one of the things I think a prophet teaches people to recognize the prophetic spirit. Mm. Okay, and so when you recognize the prophetic spirit in whatever emotion or facet that it comes in. You go, that is the heart and mind of God, and I want to participate and listen to it. Yeah. And I want to listen to that um, that talk. I want to receive that into my life because I know when I do that, it will grow something in me. You know, I always am very, always the fascinating passage where it says, he receives a prophet in the name of the prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And it's like, well, what does that mean? You just saw, you just said prophet three times in about a sentence. Like, and, 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 you know, it's like to me, that's one of the, the things about the prophetic gift is it is the, the voice and the emotions of God coming through an image of God. And the, the, that passage to me when I read it is, is that at some point in your life, 
when someone speaks to you from heaven, you have to recognize that it's not just Scott or it's not just John or whoever talking. You recognize that as that is the voice of God. Yeah. That is the voice it's, of God, and, and that will bring strength. It will bring a perspective that I don't know. Man, you, I, know? It's, you say that, you know, you've, I've been in the charismatic church now for only going on a decade, but I remember the right. first time I ever got a prophetic word I was at a Starbucks. I remember exactly where I was, really? exactly where I was sitting. Because, I mean, I'm coming out of the Baptist background. Right. And so my boss was like this prophet to the nations. I didn't even know it. Yeah. Uh, I was working in a gym, and he, like, moonlighted as, like, this moonlight. Yeah. He was like a prophet to the nations. Uh, he would travel around. He would disappear for weeks yeah, yeah, at a yeah. time. And I'm like, where would you go? I did, and it, well, I yeah. mean, I wasn't even really saved at the time. But right. when I got saved, like a week later, I'm in his. Uh, we were at this Starbucks talking, and he starts prophesying over me. And all of a sudden, this realization came: this isn't. Man- his name was Manny. This isn't Manny. Right. Like this is the Lord right now speaking right. to me. And when that revelation hit me, um, it. Sh- I mean, it shattered me to yeah. to to the. And I, it, I because you you get in the charismatic arena and the prophetic churches, you start getting so many. It's almost you become familiar with it. Unfortunately, Sometimes we have that tendency, and then. I've never had that same experience since then where the realization hit me like this. Actually, I take it back. I've had it on a few other occasions. But, I mean, it's like a sobering reality, a fear of the Lord, like God is speaking to me. And it's like he wasn't there. He was just being a channel to what the Lord, you know. But it's still, but I think that's one of the things that prophets do, though, is that they, they, they speak the voice of the Lord. And I think prophets, again, I'd say it again, they equip people to recognize what the Spirit of the Lord is. I think a lot of people hear the Lord. They just don't have language for Dude, it. I had no idea. When I got when I, I was, did. that night I got saved, I had no idea. Right. I just knew the Lord is doing something. And I kept saying, I just feel this so strong. I feel it right. so strongly. Like, if I go against it, I'm going to die. And right. I had no idea. Because you that, will. That, <laughs> yeah. I know. That night, absolutely, yeah. the Lord was calling me. It was, yeah. He was calling me to account. And, and uh it was a scary night for me. It is, but it's so, even with prophetic experience, I shared this story last night in class, and it's one that I always, man, it makes, just makes me weep at the goodness of God. And I think that this is, like, when you, when you know, what we were talking about in the first thing about, you know, you give, you know, there's sometimes there's corrective or judgment words. I always, and I've told you this story before, but, you know, I, I knew a guy, I used to hang out with a dude, some guys that were drug dealers, and one guy, and... Um, one night he and and they and they they both dealt drugs but they both would tell you that they were Christians and they, welcome to the south um, but they one time they both did about $1,500 a piece in a, a drugs in a hotel room they just took a cocktail of everything and they started getting real paranoid where they thought the other guy was going to kill them and, and all this stuff that so just went to separate parts of the suite to go um um just go to sleep or whatever and the one guy I knew um, who he, he said that when he was in that state he said Jesus appeared to him and he said his name and he said take my hand and he's in this experience he said I don't want to take your hand he said no he said take my hand and he goes no I don't want to take your hand and then he said a third time he said his name and he said if you don't take my hand right now he said you're going to die and you're going to go to hell mm-hmm. And he reached out in that moment and grabbed his hand at that, and he instantly came down off of all the drugs, everything, and it and it just set him on. It started the chain of events that set him on where he was getting back on the path 
with the Lord. And so um, that to me is an encounter of, that's like what the prophetic does is it reaches out to people in mm-hmm. states that we don't know. And it says, I want to bring life to death. And then if there's, if, but it also includes like, hey, this is the reality. If you keep doing this, this is the end result. And I don't think we can substitute. And uh, years later, um, you know, I went with this guy one time and he felt like he had to go tell this other guy. Uh, now, this other guy was on harder drugs than he was. Like, he was on heroin at one point. And, and he, it was always weird to me because he, like, kicked. I wasn't, like, as good of friends with him as this other guy. But he... He kicked it cold turkey, didn't go to rehab or anything, kicked it cold turkey somehow, and then just, like, got his life straight and went to ORU and was, like, a marriage counselor. <laughs> so, I, you know, we, we went over to – he was like, man, I got to tell – he goes, I got to tell you – he goes, I just feel like I have to tell him what happened to me in this hotel. He goes, I don't know if he believes in dreams and visions, any of that stuff. I don't know. He goes, but I feel like I have to tell him. So we went over to his – we went over to Dallas and, you know, went and had dinner with him and his wife and everything. And, and you know, after dinner, we're just sitting around talking. And he goes, dude, he goes, I've, I really just feel like I have to tell you this. And he told him the story and the dude's mouth just dropped open. And he goes, he goes, man, he goes, I never told you. He goes, but that exact same thing happened to me that night. He said, Jesus appeared to me mm-hmm. in the same way. Told me, told him the same thing. He said, look, take my hand. And I told him, I don't want, I don't want your hand. And like, to me... Um, you want to when you when you get around the prophetic, you start realizing when God is reaching out, you know, because mm-hmm. I believe He's always He's always reaching out, yeah. and and uh, it gives you that heart for people, and that heart for life includes saving people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just telling somebody how good they are is not going to save them. <laughs> no, you're right. You know, uh, no, you're right. I mean, the gospel is like we were talking the other day. There's a confrontation that's involved with the gospel. Who do you say that I am? Yeah. And that's that is part of a, a prophet sometimes will function in that way. It'll say, Who is the Lord? If God is God, then serve him. If this isn't, then go this way. Mm. And I think that, that that's the confrontational part of it that um, you know, I don't think we should, you know, like again, we don't want to be like, Hooray, <laughs> I got a corrective word. I don't know anybody who is a real prophetic person who's gotten a a corrective word that is like yes or even the times um the times i know where somebody's given a word to like say hey don't do that and the person ends up doing it and then years later you find out that that really was the wrong decision and the person that they got all angry about was actually right there's nothing in that person that was like hooray i was right yeah there's not because they have a heart for life. Yeah. And the only reason that they told that person in the first place is because they want that life to be exactly what they want them to keep reading their book. Mm-hmm. Like I was saying, it's not, you know, the scripture in Psalm 139 says we all have a book. I think the prophetic keeps you turning the page. I think yeah. prophets help you read th- well, <laughs> in that sense. And I, you know, um, it's funny when I was, uh, when I first got into all the charismatic stuff, you know, I wanted to be a prophet. I wanted to, but it wasn't because I want to get words and give them to people. It's because I wanted to have those experiences with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like I had such a heart for the Lord. I just want to have experiences for mm-hmm. the Lord. And, uh, you know, a lot of prophets have unique experiences. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not limited to just prophets. Right. But uh, if if you have someone who wants to grow in the prophetic, because I remember trying to figure out, well, what can I do to, to grow in the prophetic? Because I, I got to a place where I, I want to hear the Lord. Okay, now I want to hear him for other people. 
Because yeah. I mean, when you when you hear the Lord and you realize the life that you're connected to, I mean, your reaction should be, I want to give this to other people. Right. I tell people all the time. I said, if you had the cure for cancer, you would go find everyone you could who had cancer, and you would go give them that cure. Yes, that's a good point. And so, uh, and so, I found like I was like, okay, I, I want to grow in this. I want to grow in this. I mean, so in your experience, what's I mean, maybe you're not a prophet, but maybe you just want to grow in the prophetic. Uh, I always think that worship is one of the main worship by yourself. Oh, absolutely, is the number one thing because um, it's it's just like if you and I are sitting here talking, right? Yeah. If I can't get in a room, if I can't be in a room with just you alone and talk to you, then I'm not going to really know you. Yeah. And so I think it's very important to have, um, I went through, my journey was, I just got to a place where I, I love the presence of God. And when I say that, I mean that I am aware of something that is bigger than me that's touching me. Yeah. And I would just, I went through a phase where um, I would just, I, I would worship in my room. I would just put some worship music on. And I would just say, Lord, I want to feel your presence. Mm-hmm. That's all I would do. And I, and then what happened is I said, I want to be really quiet before the Lord and really be um, attentive to what is going on in my internal reality. And so what I would do is I'd started practicing just being silent. And um, I think the, the difference um, between I would meditate in a sense and the difference between biblical meditation and new age type meditation is one of them is trying to empty yourself out and become one or get into the vibration of the universe type thing and that is that's a lot of like self effort biblical meditation is where I read a passage of scripture and or something slowly and I just say Lord I want you to just fill me and I don't say anything I just sit there and I started off doing like two minutes a day. I would just sit in silence and just pay attention to what was going on in my internal reality. Mm-hmm. And then it, I got to, it got to where I was doing 40 minutes a day. It's just 40 minutes of just sitting in silence. And, and, I, and, and I can't tell you that God was like, he didn't speak to me in those, but I felt him all around me. It yeah. was like somebody... Uh, I think it was Oswald Chambers who said, I want to be so close to God. He said that if he doesn't say anything, I still know he's there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, again, going back to the relationship metaphor. If you're holding your wife or your loved one or anyone and you don't say anything, they still know that you're there. Yeah. And so I think that developing that holding, if you will, where you, you just feel him and you go, this is good, that when he when he's touching something else, in the room mm-hmm. or if he's touching if he's nudging you to say something it, you're you're where you go oh because you recognize this is the it's, it's part of developing your feeler yeah sense because you go oh this is this is the lord i was just about you know when we the same when we came it. to christian center i mean what in 2015 when we came here mm-hmm. you know we use the expression that has wind on it right I never like I, <laughs> I no. came in. I'm like, what? Does that what mean? does that mean? Yeah. But you know, I I was similar when I first got saved. I mean, I would soak with the Lord for hours, right. just soak, and yeah. uh, and and so 
in that time, I, I just fell, you fall in love with the yeah. presence of God. Because, I mean, the presence of God is like life. I mean, it yeah. just infuses you with life. Yeah. And so, well, you know, I didn't know what y'all meant when y'all kept saying it has wind on it. and But I was, it's like I caught it eventually. And I realized, I mean, I don't know at what point I caught it and understood what it meant. But it's like when someone speaks something to you, that presence that you, you're accustomed to. Right. And that you, that you are now... I don't, I don't want to use the word familiar, but it is familiar. You know what it feels like well, when God's there. Well, you recognize that it's God. You recognize it like it like fans up in you. It's like, like, a, like you know, it fans up. Mm-hmm. It's like doing the wave. You know, the, the wind well, comes. It's, it's like the presence of God does the wave right. on you. Whee! Well, you know, I, I, you know I, I realize like it's kind of a, I guess it's a Christianese term. Of, Charismatic Christianese. Uh, yeah. And then, but I've had people tell me that I'm the only person that says that. So I, I'm like, I'm I use copy, it all the time now. <laughs> but, he's, but, but, you know, it says in Hebrews 4, it says he makes his angels messengers of wind and of fire. Mm-hmm. And in Ezekiel, when you, the throne of God is beginning to move, it says that angels are the ones that are flapping their wings and the sound of that. And there's a, there's a wind with it. And so, so to me, when I say that there's something has wind on it, it means that there's a word with a message and an angelic thing that goes to it. That's yeah. part of the presence of God, and and it that it that means it's going out and it's going to be returned void. It's not going to return void. And there are other things where people say something and it sounds right, but there's not that there's no there's it's no. A, it's almost thing. like there's like an empty. Yeah, it's empty. Yeah, it's empty. And, I mean, it, like you said, it, it sounds. Is, Oh man! You but You will like... not be able. You will get into confusion and not be able to judge prophetic words accurately if you do not. Man, look! If you do not understand that, because here's the thing: the word conf- you get confused by valuing all spiritual voices the same. Yeah, that's how you get confused. And, and it says in First Corinthians 14, it says God is not a God of confusion, but of God of peace. And 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 as believers, we're required to judge prophetic words. Yeah. Okay. How do we judge us? We judge them by the presence of God. And it's not a presence of God where it's something I agree with. It's a presence of God that I know because yes. I've experienced him Man. in my private time. I had a uh, never mind. I was in when I was in Columbia uh doing my mission stuff, I was with a church and uh and I was just having a rough time there and I traveled to another city and really connected with this other church. I mean, they're huge. It was an American missionary that was the lead pastor. There's a couple Americans on staff. And uh, there's this traveling prophet that would always stay. He was an American. He would always stay at our house. Um, we were just good friends with him. Mm-hmm. And he was really good friends with this American pastor at this huge mega church. I mean, they would bring in like Randy Clark and people like that. Mm-hmm. It was huge. And uh, I just telling him one day, I'm like, I'm just really frustrated here at this church. I just, there's, like, I want to help. I want to do something, but there's really nothing I could do. And he's he told me he's like Scott, you need to go to that other church. I mean, he was a prophet. You need to go to that other church. You need to go where you're gifting. You know, where people appreciate you on your gifting. It was everything I wanted right, to hear. Right. Everything I wanted to hear. I mean, my soul was like, yeah. And then when I really stopped and brought it before the Lord, it was just like dead. Oh gosh, it was dead. And right. so, now yeah, I'm not judging the, no, this guy. We he, had a really close he, relationship, and he really he he saw me suffering, and he wanted right. to. He was very pastoral. But he see, that's the end. thing where you're just talk. You know, sometimes that's something that sometimes people don't realize too. If you get around a prophetic person, and I don't care who it is, you take pick any big name prophet person that you did. Sometimes if you're just talking to them, and they're just like, "Well, you know, this is just kind of what I think." 
you have to be able again. It goes back to that yes. internal reality. That you realize that he was just talking. Mm-hmm. That wasn't necessarily like it may have been good advice, but it wasn't God advice, yeah. right? And 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 that's not even he wasn't giving you a prophetic word even to go to that church. He wasn't saying like. No, that's true. He, he said, was just talking. Was, it was more like, like this is what I feel. This is what yeah, I this feel. This is what I right? feel. And this is what I say. And I think that's an important. See, I think that prophets help distinct distinguish things like that in the sense of. You know, if somebody tells you like, "Hey, this is just what I feel," or "This is what I nudge," this is a nudge, then to me, that's like being honest. You know, hey, well, that's this what is Paul just says in Corinthians. Like, I think I have the Spirit of the Lord. He goes, you know, when he's talking yeah, about I the believe, marriage, I, I, believe I believe I have the Lord on yeah. this, right? <laughs> so he he was like, "This is me, not the Lord." Okay, now I think I have the witness of the Lord. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think that that's just a that's a normal thing, but but. But I think once sometimes um, the prophetic is never an excuse for the believer that absolves them of responsibility. But some people okay? want that. Some and people is, want the is, Old Testament. Tell me what to do. And, and it's not. Um, it's not that way. It's not. It does not absolve you of responsibility. You can't. You cannot live your life off of. Um, you can't live your day to day life off of everything that comes out of a prophetic person's mouth. You you can't you cannot sit there and say, hey, can you tell me where I'm supposed to eat? You know what I mean? The, the, that's one of the things we we joke about all the time. There's so many people that we still have a lottery mentality when it comes to a prophetic word that yeah. it's like, well, if I just had the right word, then my life would oh, just gosh. be be great. No. And it's like instead I'm, of realizing things like the Bible says, every word of the Lord is tested. Exactly. And and I got to a season in my life where I was so just exhausted. I yes. literally ran from prophetic words. I would I'd be like, don't I don't want a prophetic word. I would put walls up because I I wasn't at I was at a place. I mean I was not in a great place. Right. I was I was at a really cynical place. But I got to a place where I said I don't want a word because I don't want to be tested and I'm exhausted. Right. I was beat down. And you know what it was that got me out of that a word a word of the Lord. Yeah. And uh, that got me and kind of strengthened me. But there was a season where, I mean, there's, I was in a prophetic ministry where we traveled around nations and we did prophetic conferences and we would minister. I remember one day we ministered our team to 400 people one day. Yeah. We, I mean, it was just That's exhausting. Cool. And it was frustrating because we'd give these people words, like words that was the Lord. And then, you know, we'd come back a year later and it's like, give me another word. And then and give me another word. And I remember I got so frustrated with the prophetic. And this was not right on my end by any means. I'm teaching y'all what not to right. do. But I had prophesied over the same family four times within six months, and they did nothing, right. and not just me, but the team. And they had done nothing that the team was saying. It was just like, you know, I want, I want the word to feel good, and then that's I'm not going to do anything or walk. Well, and that's the thing, you know, whenever you look in the Scripture, whenever you have somebody has a revelation, it leads to responsibility. So if you are continually having revelation with no responsibility, then I don't know. So what, what as you a, gotta you gotta look because here's the thing. You know what you know what happened to me? The way that the way that my journey was is that okay, I um and, and a lot of things happen simultaneously. So I am doing worship, right? I'm yeah. doing worship by myself. And at this point, I just want to know Jesus. I don't even I don't even like the prophetic at this point because yeah. it's weird. Okay, <laughs> it's weird. And so I'm I'm sitting there and I'm like, I just want to know you, okay? And I got to this thing where I'm like, this is real, okay? 
you know, I had a, I had a dramatic encounter where I was like, oh my God, the supernatural is real. The spirit world is real. And I'm jumping into this with both feet. When I did that, what, what began to happen was the Lord started to take other prophetic words that, that he had spoken to me and he grew them in me. Like for instance, I had a guy, he said, uh, I'll never forget this. I was in Kansas city, Missouri, and he gave me a, um, he gave me a word about, uh, he gave me a word off the, uh, the word Nike and he, it said now in the kingdom evangelism. Okay. That's what, that's what <laughs> acronym he, prophet. Yeah. He, he, uh, well, that was just, the, he wasn't a prophet, but he, he was just somebody that was the way that the Lord spoke me and he wrote it out for me. He said, I mean, he had, he wrote out, he had the word Nike and he said now in the kingdom evangelism. But then he got a word for every single letter. He said, it's going to be natural. It's going to be have integrity. It's going to be a kingdom. And it's going to be, uh, uh, I forget what the E was. But when, when he gave me that, I have it written down somewhere. Um, the season's over. That's why I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> it's but, been fulfilled. But he, but so, so he told me that. So you know what, you know what happened? Because that word was in my heart when I... In, in those times with the Lord, the Lord started telling me in my prayer time where to go to certain places and talk to certain people. And I got in this vein where it was like I, I had divine appointments a lot. Like, I, I mean, I would sit there, even menial things that I would think that like, oh, well, this is no big deal. I think one time I was in Ohio on a trip and I just really wanted to go get something to eat and I felt like it was the Lord that I go get something to eat. So I ended up talking to a millionaire at Waffle House for like four hours and preaching the gospel to him. Did, I, you know. did he pay for your meal? No. Ah. <laughs> so. There's a reason he's a millionaire. Uh, no, he, 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 you know. And, and so, like, I had that thing happen. But so that but I mean, was, was that something that you felt, this is the Lord leading me here? Or is that something that you're just like, I'm going to Waffle House? No, it was like, I need to go eat and there's a purpose for me to eat. Okay. You know? Yeah. Like, because honestly, I was like, we had a service to go to. Yeah. We had a service to go to. And we were, we were supposed to be part of a service doing something. And I just was told the youth pastor that I was helping at the time. I said, look. I said, I really want to get something to eat. Do I feel? And he goes, oh, yeah, that's fine. You can go. I was like, it's within walking distance. And he's like, yeah, that's fine. I mean, everything lined up. Like, I forgot my phone. Like, he started like, where is he? Because I was there for four hours, right? Like, they were when we (laughs) left, we were getting there for, you know, pre-service prayer and all that stuff. So, I mean, we left at 9 o'clock, and I didn't have my phone. I didn't have my phone on me. He called me like two times three or four times and he was like where he goes i knew you were okay i just want to know where you was, were was it was it you there's uh, there's this brings to mind a story where uh this pastor brought in this itinerant speaker in africa mm-hmm. and the guy shows up and he's like the lord told me to go on a safari this no, week. that was reinhard Bonk. yeah that was, was, it see, was you that told me yeah, the story but see that's a great example of of sometimes revelation receives or leads to responsibility because um, Reinhard Bonnke, I mean, and I love that he told this story because he here he is, he's praying, he's reading the scripture, he has a heart for healing. What does he do? He brings in a healing guy, right? You bring in somebody that you can learn from. And so the guy comes in and he wants people to get prayed for. And the guy tells him the first night, he goes, we're not going to pray for the sick. I'm just going to teach on it. And he's like, but you're going to pray for the people tomorrow. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll pray for the people tomorrow. He's like, okay, well, 
That's fine. So he goes to pick him up the next day in the hotel lobby. The dude walks down. He's dressed up like he's going on safari. And Reinhard Bucky's like, what are you doing? And he goes, I'm, the Holy Spirit told me to go on a safari. And he goes, what? And he goes, we've got a meeting to go. We've got two meetings that we're going to go do. And he goes, that's just what the Holy Spirit told me. And so Reinhard Bonnke goes back to his room. And he's like, Lord, what? Um, what is what is going on here? You know, I can't. And the Lord said, I want you to. I want you to pray for the sick. I want you to see. Um, I want you to. I want you to do that. And he he said, he he did. He preached on it. He prayed, and people got healed. Mm-hmm. And then he went back and repented to the Lord because uh, um, that he realized that the the Holy Spirit really did tell that guy. I mean, I would have been furious, wouldn't? I mean, you you bring a guy in, you pay for oh, him to I'd come. I'd be furious too. I mean, you did. but you know, I also think about. I also think about, man, what would I have done if I was an itinerant minister? Would I have obeyed the Lord? Oh, no kidding. You know what I mean? I mean, that's I, I mean, I think of it both ways. There's obedience on all levels I, there. The guy who went on this far, I'm like, I don't know if I would have had the the audacity to say, yeah. I'm going on a Thank you for paying for my trip here. I'm going on a safari. <laughs> yeah, I know. That takes some... That takes some, uh, you know, that takes some gumption right there. Well, but but I mean, you know, and I think that, um, but I think sometimes the the thing about the prophetic is is that when you you want to eliminate the, uh, I think one of the things that prophets help people do is they eliminate the thing where you just do something because you want to do it. It'd be one thing if I just went and I was like, well, I think I want to go on a safari. Yeah. Right, you eliminate that, but then you recognize when the Lord's asking you to do something that's creative or unusual, and you go with it, and it ends up being something like way different than than you could have ever like thought of. Yeah, and it's good, and it feels like there's such a, um, you know, in First John it says that. Um, we, we share with you what we have tasted, what we have touched, and what we have handled. And we announce to you that God is light. And we, we, um, we announce these things to you since so our joy may be complete. And it always, I can't tell you the feeling of satisfaction, mission accomplished, and joy that comes when the prophetic spirit of the Lord comes and there's just this satisfaction that you just participated with the God of heaven to do something. And I think a lot of people are miserable because they don't, they don't do that. I agree. I, I, you know, they're not sharing what they've handled. I was, I was thinking about this the other day where, you know, it's almost like at some level you were designed and created to do that. And when you do it, it's like you feel fulfilled as like a human, Absolutely. And, and, you know, I was thinking about that the other day of the, the power of learning how you function and then walking in it is just fulfillment to life. Yes. And and hearing the Lord and sharing the Lord is is one of those, I think, probably one of the top things as in yeah. this is part of my design. Yeah. And I think that there's things where one thing I've noticed about the prophetic or just in general um, Again, Revelation leaves responsibility. So I remember, I was telling this to somebody the other day, um, I remember when I was really just wanting to learn about the prophetic. You know, So you know what that meant? I went to prophetic conferences and I went to meetings. And I went to go hear uh, Bobby Connor um, a lot. Um, I would, you know, if he was anywhere near things, I would go, I'd go listen because I wanted to learn, right? Yeah. About the prophetic. And 
if you've ever listened to Bobby, he's a very nonlinear um, type guy, and he a lot of times would just give. Um, he would he he wouldn't necessarily speak on the subject of the prophetic. Okay, he would. It was normally like prophecy for a region, or he if you've ever been to one of the meetings, he would walk around and give people individual prophetic words. Now, um, I I mean, and when I, you know, sometimes when you want to do something, you're like, I'm going to do this with excellence, and I'm going to. Um, I remember one time he said something like he uses 280 scriptures or 240 scriptures a sermon. And uh, I one time decided to take notes on the scriptures that, you know, that he was using. And, I mean, it is. It's like I wrote down like 50 or 60 scriptures. Now, they're not all about the same thing. Yeah. But, but he does use that many. He does that. It's many. like he speaks in verses. Yeah, he does. And so, but but here's the thing. I, I learned that I'll never forget one time I went to Baton Rouge by myself I mean, I was like two-day fasting. I was like, Lord, I want an impartation from this meeting or whatever. And he it wasn't like some teaching that he gave that I was like, oh, wow. It was like I caught I caught it. I caught the fact yeah. I could see where there was wind. I All of a sudden, I caught the fact that he was – he would come up to somebody and he would – at first, I didn't always catch it when he was giving somebody a prophetic word because he was just talking to him and telling the story. Yeah. But the reason he's telling them a story is because it has like a prophetic meaning in it. Like this one guy, I always remember when I was down in Baton Rouge, he goes, Hey, he's like, what do you do? And the guy's like, uh, well, you know, I'm no, going I think to school. This was, was going you talking school. about the stock car driver? No. Oh, okay, no, okay, no, okay. no, no, that was a different meeting. Yeah, that we were I was with you at that one and yeah, I was yeah, just yeah. laughing. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, I know. But but that's an example. He's kind of parabolic in that sense. So He's like he goes well he goes wow he goes yeah you're he goes you're real creative yeah like graphic arts you know be a you know real good thing and and da, da, da. what do you do and the guy's like oh well I do this he's like okay nothing with graphic arts or whatever and, and the guy's like yeah da, da, da. It, it 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 so I'm like okay that was kind of weird so he walks around then he comes back to the guy and he's like yeah. Graphic arts, such and such and such and such, and and, uh, and you're sitting there going, uh, and I'm sitting, I forget whether it was the second or third time, but I, I finally I caught it. I was like, oh my god, he's telling this dude that he is in the wrong profession, and then he needs to go. He's a creative person. He needs to go to graphic arts, and this dude just totally doesn't get it. Like, doesn't catch it at all. And I was like, huh. And so I started going. I started realizing um, one of the things that I always admire about him is he is very sensitive to that. Like he's sensitive to, I remember I was in a meeting here locally where he, he preached a message and then he left. And the pastor was mad because he didn't prophesy over anybody. He just left and he said, he said, these people aren't here for Jesus. He said, they came to see me. Wow. He just left. And I'm like, see, I mean, like to me, that's the kind of, I think that's what a prophet does is it trains people to be sensitive. Because, see, the pastor didn't recognize that. Yeah. The pastor didn't recognize. He recognized idolatry, and he wasn't going to give into it. So, the fun, I mean, <laughs> if you say, like, in the church, um, what is the prophet's function for the actual body of Christ? I think I think they pray for the body of Christ. Like I said, prayer is the yeah, number one thing. And they, tra- and they train people to recognize yeah. the voice of God. They give people language mm-hmm. for how God talks to them. I mean, and the Lord speaks... 
um, they help people recognize the creativity of God, I think, is one of the ways. Yeah. Like, we had a lady here one time who um, would never get a word for people, but she'd always see colors over people. So it's like part of helping her was to discover, like, where those colors are in the Scripture. Yeah. You know, What's and teach people language? teach people the ways of God. You know, like we, you know, when someone comes up and is like, "Oh, I had this great dream with an angel," but the angel in the dream is telling him to worship him. It's like that's not a good that's dream. Not the Lord. But just and, like I was saying with with the, the <clears throat> earlier podcast, where Samuel said, "Hey, I'm going to teach you the good in the right way." I think that's one of the things and, that we help. You out. know, something I guess I didn't when I first came into the prophetic years ago, I didn't realize that. There are a lot of spiritual encounters that necessarily aren't of God, right. and I think the prophetic, you know, the Bible says, "Don't judge every spirit, test. you know, test yeah. every spirit." And so, I think that's something I realized. I'm like, wow, you can have spiritual experiences that it doesn't mean it's from the Lord, right? And uh, and really trying to discern and figure out, and that's where the prophetic is really gifted. I think to say, oh no, that's not the Lord. Or, not that the is Lord. And you've told me that. You say sometimes people come up to me and they'll, or, or I have a dream, and I'll tell you, and you're just like, no, I don't think that's the Lord. I think yeah, that's just that's you. Garbage. And I'm like, okay. So I think for me, you said it. You said it. We talking. I don't know a couple months ago, but you said that the prophetic, one of the good roles, uh, the roles of the prophetic, the prophet in the church, is to administrate. The gift of the prophetic. prophecy, yeah, prophecy, and I never heard that before. But for me, I was just like, "Oh my gosh," because yeah. I could. See, I mean, I could see it like that's what you do. Right. I mean, anytime I have any revelation that I have to filter through, I go to you. Well, and, and the way it works out, I think that there. I think we're still like growing in that. I think yeah. everybody. I think it's something that, again, going back when you look at at Samuel and things, you see you see him administrating things, and when we say administrating. It means like, you know, the scripture says everybody come with a revelation, come with a song, yeah. come with a thing, right? That's part of the community of the body of Christ. So it's not just a one-man show per se. But Paul gives guidelines in 1 Corinthians 14 of how the prophetic is supposed to be administered, right? It says yeah. let one or two, two or three prophets speak and the, and the rest pass judgment. And so I, for me, what I really feel like one of the roles of the, of the prophetic is in the normal church is, is that in the meeting where revelation is flowing, you know, and God is talking, God wants to highlight corporately a facet of himself. Yeah. Okay. And, and we want to be able to capture and steward that to the maximum yeah. ability that it is. And, and what that means is, is that one or two people will speak and then the rest go, that's the Lord. Yeah. Okay. And it doesn't mean like, um, because, I mean, this is a little bit off topic, but, you know, different spirits have different feelings in, in good in good things. There's sometimes where we walk in on a Sunday morning, it's like, oh, there's a prophetic spirit here. Yeah. And then other days you walk in and you go, you know what? There's a pastoral spirit here. Yeah. There's there's a pastoral spirit here, and, and we need to do this. Other times it's like, wow, there's kind of an apostolic teaching thing going on here. And when we recognize that, what that allows us to do is, to me, it allows us to get the maximum impact on the people. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, for instance, this happened one uh, one time. You know, the Lord, the theme that day, that morning was healing. Yeah. And two or three people come up and like, look, I'm getting something for healing. I'm getting something for this. And then you have another person will come up and they'll say, like, well, I'm seeing this angel from Revelation such and such. Now, that's, that's great, but... 
the Lord's doing healing right now. So we're not going to. Do you think the person's really seeing the angel? Yeah, I'm yeah, not okay. saying that they didn't. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at so, I'm looking at the wind right yeah. on it. But here's the thing: we always have this. You always say this: is this corporate or is it personal? Yeah, it is, is it corporate. And I think that's such a hard thing. Okay, so for well, me, and there's other times where there's other times I say this too. I I, I, I found this too. There's other times where um, you could be seeing what's going on in a meeting. But you're not going to stop and say that because it would distract from... What's going on. Jesus. Yeah. Right? And, and so, um, you know, when we talk about test the spirits, it says not any spirit that says Jesus is Lord. That's what it is. Now, yeah. that doesn't mean that everything you're like, well, you say Jesus is Lord, right? Um, it, you know, it's not like yeah. you're asking a question and they're like, oh, Jesus is Lord. Well, they're good. So I, I just... I received that. Um, I've seen some people that teach that. It's like, what? But but the thing is, is the essence, because at the end of the day, that's what we want to say. Jesus is Lord. So any spirit that tells you Jesus is not in control of your life, you don't have to do what he says, you reject his words, any of those things is not God. Like the angel that said, come worship me. Come worship me. Yeah. Gave earlier. Come worship me. And, or, or, um, I, I I don't know. I could tell you some experiences where I've had beings show up in my room and be like, come with me. I want to take you. That's beyond, that's (laughs) beyond my experience. Right. I'm not, I'm I'm not a very prophetic person in terms of that stuff, like in terms of encounters, but it happens because I'm around you and other prophetic people that are like, I saw these things come. And I'm like, at that point, it's like, I trust the gifting that's in you. Well, right? but and I also I think one of the things about prophets too that that, that when you talk about role in the local church I, and just in general, prophets are about atmosphere. Yeah. Okay. And when you look at, if you look at Samuel in the Old Testament, if you look at people that are, if you look at it, it's all about an atmosphere that opens up people to see. You know, it, it took the prophet's prayer for the guy to see that there were angels all around him. Yeah. On the thing, and so I think that that's one thing that the, the prophets they carry something where there's a hunger for that realm and it pulls people into it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Kind of like an evangelist has a, has a, a, a revelation of eternity mm-hmm. and it drives them to get as many people as they can into eternity. Yeah. Right. And, and the, and the, and the, the prophet, it, while he wants, he wants people to understand the mind and the standard of eternity, right? The mm-hmm. atmosphere of yeah. eternity. Okay. And so it's all about eternity. It's all about Jesus as Lord, but it's just a different facet. Yeah, different of emphasis. It. Uh, of it. You know, it's like the apostle wants you to be mature in, in eternity. Yeah. You know, it wants you to be a pure, spotless bride, right? Yeah. And, and the teacher wants you to understand that just the line on line thing of eternity. It's all about eternity, and it's about Jesus, but it's just a different different thing. And so, there's sometimes where, um, um, I think one of the things that that um, uh, it's when you're talking about prophets in the local church, if you're talking about a meeting, you want to administrate what is going to be the fullest aspect that the Lord wants to, to say. And, um, it's, it's kind of, it, it helps people. Uh, like I said, I think it reaches the most amount of people where Jesus is glorified. Yeah. And that's, that's what we want. So you don't want, um, to me, I don't want a meeting where you have two people get up and talk about, um, healing, mm-hmm. was healing, and then one person get up and start talking about um, 
God's gonna judge Hollywood. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like now, both yeah. of those could be some kind of word, but but my point is, is that you you don't. Uh, the Lord has such a flow to him that he's not going to be like. So, but it's amazing because I mean, what you're and I've seen it happen countless times at Christian Center is. People on different ends of the sanctuary will all run to you, and they are like their words are lining up. It might not be exact, but it's all making it's this theme. crescendo it's to this theme, one yeah. theme that the Lord's yeah. trying to establish. And then one Joe or or Jan comes up and says, uh, "You know, like you said, the Lord's judging Hollywood. Yeah. Why is he getting that?" As opposed to syncing up with what's going well, on. Well, I think it kind of goes what you said. See, to me, like if you're in worship and God's talking, and let's say you know we got 300 people on Sunday morning, we you can have 300 different things. That's being true. Spoken I mean, the Lord's speaking about. Okay, now so things. so the thing is, the 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 thing is, what is the thing the Lord want to highlight in the meeting for the meeting? Right? Yeah, for, for the, the meeting. for the corporate body, yeah, right? The, yeah, absolutely. Because it says that the gifts are for the what? The building up of the church, yeah. right? So when we're talking about building, when we're talking about wanting to build what's in the room and build people, um, the Lord knows what material is going to build the most people in that meeting. Absolutely. And that that word may not be the thing that's building people. They're going to build people that day. So we're gonna we're gonna we're, it's not that it's not the Lord, but we're just gonna press pause on it, maybe hold it. And I think as a prophetic person, um, you have a responsibility. It, you know, if you want to grow in your gifting and you hear on a consistent basis, you want to ask the Lord, like, does this is this fit with the meeting, right? Yeah. And it's not a conformity, but it's a it's an honor and respect that there's a person like for me, if I get something that is contradicting. Okay, to the way that the service is going. Yeah. And Pastor Tim says to me, hey, um, what are you getting? Here, here, take the microphone, do, do some whatever. I'd stop and i say, now, I said, listen, this is what I'm getting. It might. And it's going to go a different direction yep. if, we, if we go this way. Do you want to do that? And I do that as an honoring because he's over the house. He's the one who's yeah. got the call for the meeting, yeah. right? And so there are some times where he goes, yeah, go for it. I feel like we're supposed to go in that direction most, too. Most of the time, he probably does. So uh, just go for it. But but then there's other times where I he'll go mm, okay, and mm. and we'll just hold it now. And at that point, I've got to go okay. Yeah. And there there's sometimes where I know what I'm getting is not for that meeting. That it could be for something else down the line. Yeah. There's also or things, other things that maybe you're already having a conversation with the Lord about. Yeah. Yeah. Or or sometimes the Lord will just it's like. It's like the thing, and like what I was just saying, the Lord could be having 300 different conversation starters with people in that meeting, okay? Individually. Absolutely. I, yeah. Individually. Now, what's the what's the, what's the the bulk conversation he wants to have what's with it the all body? Point? Yeah. With the body. So, so that's what the prophetic does. It's It focuses on what is the conversation that the Lord wants to have with so the you, body as, but as you, a whole. You could have people coming into a meeting who are saying, and I think this is what we kind of talk about at Christian Center, and when we talk about ministering to the Lord as a corporate whole, pushing in, mm-hmm. coming in and saying, okay, Lord, what are you saying for the body, for whatever, the nation? Yeah. But then you have people who come in and say, Lord, what are you saying about me? Mm-hmm. And so you might have people who might need, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe they're in a rough spot and they need some yeah. pastoring from the Lord, and the right. Lord's like, 
I want to take you by this green, you know, pasture, this, this green right. pasture, still water, doesn't mean it's a word for the congregation. Right. It's more of this person is in need of being pastored by the Lord yeah. and being yeah. healed, maybe. Absolutely. And so it's Absolutely. all, what are you asking? What are you seeking? Are you seeking a word for the meeting? Are you seeking a word for the nation? Are you seeking a word for yourself? And the Lord, I, I, the Lord is like a, uh, he loves questions. Absolutely. I, I, and, and you say that all the time. It, you know, it's an invitation to a conversation. Right. The Lord loves questions because yeah. he's he's a know-it-all in a good way, yeah. right? Yeah, he <laughs> he's, is. He's a, a know-it-all in a good way. He is the possessor of regenerative knowledge. <laughs> so he he knows everything. Um, and and I want to like talking about administering words for meeting. A lot of it too is like some people get a word, they take it to the person who's administering the prophetic, usually John, maybe Pastor Tim. And sometimes it's like, a, well, let's hold on to it. No, I don't, you know, you always do it with grace. But I remember one time individual, uh, per- personally, I came up and I said, this is the word I feel. I just said, I'm feeling this. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I just, well, I'm just going to say it because it's such a good learning experience. And it was for me. I said, John, I'm feeling like this virus is like a, uh, a judgment against the old. I feel something like a judgment against the older generation. Uh-huh. And <laughs> I remember it was so great. She's like, mm, why don't you chew on that one a little more? And, and I did. I went over and I chewed on it. And that was where the Lord, I asked him, I said, you know, I'm going to trust John. And let me, let me dialogue more with the Lord because yeah. I'm just getting like a whisper. Right. And so I went to the Lord, and I'm like, Lord, there's something with the older generation, this virus, and like a judgment. And he says, this virus is trying to stop the generational blessings from coming down. Yeah. And so I, I brought the revelation I had to you. You said, I think there's, there's more. more. Go, yeah. go, go marinate in it. And I did. And then that's when the Lord said, there is more. This is it. And so for me, it was just such a great example of seeing the administration of a prophet uh, that's administrating the prophetic in a meeting. And yeah, and I think that, you know, when we're talking about, I can count on this, my one hand, how many times, or maybe two, how many times the Lord has given a judgment word with no redemption in it, right? Like, this is a judgment against yeah. you. And so, like, sometimes when you when you have something, it's not that, like, when I hear it, I go, well, you know what? That feels again. I'm going by the feeling now. Yeah. Because I listen and I go, hmm, this feels like the Lord, but not all the way. Yeah. <laughs> and here's the thing: there's sometimes where there's sometimes where I don't have what the all the way looks like. Okay. There's sometimes that I do, but part of it, part of the role of the prophet is to say, no, you can talk and get more, and that's what you did. And when you came up and gave. I remember because you got up and, and you said it, and I mean, it landed. Like, it landed. Everybody was like, oh, that is right. And and, and I think that it, it, uh, it, it you know, it it gets into people. But, but so, know? but it brings up the question with Revelation. Like, it's not always clear because the Lord, you know, I, 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 I tried to explain this to some people one time. I said, when the Lord said, let there be light, you know, do you, the Lord, does he speak in language like we know it, like phonetic language? Because when we say the Lord's speaking, it might be a, a fragrance. It might be an impression. It might be yeah. a feeling. And so then you have to like, it's almost like his own language. He Language is just communication. The Lord communicates, but there's so many different ways. Body uh, communication mm-hmm. accounts for 70% of what we pick up off of people. Mm-hmm. And so... 
you know, so when the Lord is giving revelation, it's almost like figuring out his language um, to one in, you know, so I'm feeling this, I feel this, but I, you know, then you got to ask him, okay, Lord, what are you really saying? Yeah. And then, and then, you know, for me, I'm, I get, I get just knowings. Like I right. just know this impressions and, and I feel, or, or I feel just, this. And that's I, to me, the simplest thing is, it's like we, we say, you know, you have five spiritual senses. Yeah. And so if, um, you know, if I touch you on the shoulder, that, that, that the question should be like, Oh, what are you trying to get my attention with? What are you trying to look at? Look at look at me with, okay? What are you trying to get me to look at? You know, like that would be the message. Whereas, like if you are seeing something, it's like, okay, what's the message? I'm already looking at the right thing. Yeah. What's the message? It's kind of like, um, you know, the story of Moses. You know, Moses. I believe Moses was in the desert for 30 more years than he needed to be. Okay, and. It says that one day he sees this burning bush and he turns aside to see what it is. Now, he just sees like, well, this is a bush. But he turns aside and makes a journey to go look to it. And then that's where he gets the definition of what the Lord actually is going to say. So I think spiritual things, impressions, all those different different things that we we talk and we teach about, they're all just kind of indicators to like, hey, I'm talking to you. Yeah. You know, just like you know if someone... If someone taps the Lord's you on the just shoulder. saying, I want to talk about this. I want to ask talk me to you. about this. I want to talk to you. So oh, okay. let me ask you this because And then sometimes you'd want to talk to the Lord. Like I was I've said this the other day in sermons, like I was sitting there, uh not a sermon, I was just sharing, like one time I was just angry with the Lord because I can't work out right now, you know, and I'm getting fat. Like and uh I was just like, Lord He looks very can slimming. You, can you uh can you heal? I, I just want to get healed. I just want all this medical stuff to get done so I can just go and and he goes uh yeah he goes he said very clearly to me he's like yeah he goes uh he goes yeah you can't work out he goes but that doesn't mean you can't eat right (laughs) and i I was like burn and i was like but lord that's not what i'm asking and he's like yeah i know (laughs) but you're talking to me so i'm gonna talk back (laughs) well how much i mean do you think we bring out revelation like undercooked revelation. Um, sometimes we can do that. Yeah. I think that there's sometimes where you gotta. I think it's an under, especially in this the 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 age that we live in right now, where there's a rush the, to get stuff out. The idea for um, the pressure of having content creation, yeah, could lead to lead to undercooked food. Or or here's the, here's the thing. Um, I don't think everybody knows that the best meal is not a rushed meal. Well, let me. They might not understand what I mean. Undercooked. I mean revelation that hasn't been really sat and 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 contemplated with the Lord. Like Dutch Sheets is really good about. He gets something. He'll sit on it for months before he brings it out in the public. He does. Yeah. He does. He will do that. And I think that there's sometimes experiences that we have. I remember once um, I had a really I had an encounter one time. I was sitting over at a friend's house where. As real as you look to me, basically, I had this woman walk into his house, and she had a little vial of something right here, and and she was dressed in jade and green, and I mean, and I there was a fear on me when she walked in, and so I was like, it shocked me. It was one of those things where I was kind of like, you know, like if I was talking to you, and then all of a sudden something just popped up here, very real. I was kind of like. What the, what the heck? And I just heard one or two words about when I was asking, like, what this is. And um, 
And so what I what I did was I didn't tell I didn't tell that person for three weeks. I went and did a study on what like the the thing that they were holding. I found it in scripture, did a study about it, such and such and such, realized that the, what the woman represented and all the you know, when God was talking the story and 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 I, I when I gave it to the person maybe three or four weeks later, it was the right time. Mm. And so I think Again, even with administrating revelation in a meeting, it's all about timing. Yeah. You know? Because, I mean, you can get, like, in my experiences, I've gotten something, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is a word of the Lord, and it is a now word. And then, like, I'll hold on to it because I'm like, I don't want to. I'm going to hold on to it. And then later when I go to give it, it's like instead of being that 100%, you know, boom, it's just like a, a. Yeah. And I think that's that's part of the, a dead battery. We, we you know we we we're all working out our salvation with fear and trembling, and so we we sometimes realize. Uh, I mean, this it. literally. I mean, and, and we're always trying to get better. But like, I could honestly say, like that happened like yesterday. Like <laughs> we're in a prayer meeting, and somebody came up and got something, and I was kind of like, I was kind of like, yeah, I can kind of, and then I just got distracted. And then later on in the meeting, I had this check where I was like, oh, my God, like I missed it. Like I missed it. I should have had that person come up and pray right then because now we're totally moved on. We're yeah. totally on, moved on, and if I, if well, I because sometimes you're like, maybe the meeting's going to head this way. Maybe the way, and yeah. you hold on, and at that moment, you're really the closest you yeah. are going to get to. I know exactly. But I mean, I think that's where I think that's where a. Um, I think that's one of the roles of the prophet is you try to understand the timing of it, yeah. right? So it's kind of like like the story you just said about about yourself. Like I'm like, okay, but the timing wasn't there. There's sometimes where somebody comes on where it feels like the Lord, but I don't know exactly how we're going to administrate it. Yeah, and I you got to wait for that right timing. I can remember one time when we had uh, somebody that that came up to me in the service and they said. I feel like I need to share my testimony, my personal testimony. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. I said, I don't know where that fits in the meeting, but I'm going to hold on to it. And I was like, if if it comes up in the meeting, I'll, I'll just point and I'll say, hey, let's go. So the service just went and totally, I mean, it was probably, that service went real free-flowing that day. And it was, it was 30 or 40 minutes. And then it was like, I had there was this feeling again. It's like, man, this is really good. We're not quite done. Yeah. And then I was like, wait a minute, right now. And so that person came up, they shared their testimony for, you know, five or ten minutes, and the celebration of Jesus just erupted over this uh, testimony, and it just, it was like the the ending of a good movie where you were like, wow, that is amazing and God is glorified and everybody walks out of that place going Jesus is Lord right? now, the, my experience with and this is probably such a lame analogy but you know if you've ever been in like a sports game and you have these huge stadiums and then someone blows up a beach ball mm-hmm. and they start hitting it around like administrating the Lord because the Lord has a climb he's trying to get to a high point and mm-hmm. it's like the thing is can we get there and it's like we see that ball which represents where the Lord wants to go and he wants to go up and it's like we all have our portion if we can just hit the ball up you know if we can connect right with what we get 
and send it to the top of the stadium. If it gets there, we yeah. made it, right? I just made yeah. it a lame analogy, but I feel like a lot of times it's like, here's what the Lord goes. And, you know, he partners with us, and he wants us. We're, we're stewards of his presence. Absolutely. And here we are, like, trying to oh, tap it. It's coming. Tap it up. Tap it up. And we're trying to get it to the top. Yeah, and I think that's why it's important to have. I mean, we know, you know, in, in our services, and, and we're not the only people to do this, but, you know, there's conversations like, well, what are you getting? Yeah. You know, what are you getting? You know, we, we you know, we have intercession for an hour. But I think the thing that's but, unique is there's intercession beforehand, so there's usually already an idea of where it's going. I can't tell you how awesome yeah. it is when the intercessors meet and then, like, me or you or whoever comes in wasn't even an intercession and starts, this is what the Lord's doing and intercessors like, that's exactly what we've been praying this morning. And, and you know, I think as a, as a pastor or a leader of the church, you talk about the confidence booster in the Lord to say two witnesses. Oh, yeah, here at you least. Intercession that says, this is what I'm getting. Now, they've, they're getting something too. Yeah. But imagine, imagine how, how bold you would be if you had two other witnesses come and say, hey, this is what the Lord is saying, and you haven't even talked to them, but that's yes. what you're going to talk about. Yeah. How much bolder is your message going to come out if you've got that much well, push like, behind yeah. it? You know, you know, you know, like this is what the Lord is wanting. Yeah. And and when when you do that, you you have the your faith rises. You're more bold, like you said, and I think you know you just see, uh, uh yeah, you just see that boldness. But yeah. The Holy Spirit comes in and just infuses it. I think it's just one of those. Because one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is it infuses with boldness. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, yeah. Peter, you know, we always talk about this. When the Holy Spirit came, Peter, the guy who denies Jesus in front of everybody, is the first guy to stand up yeah. and say, and and he's not an educated man, right? That's what it says. He gets, He's the first one that gets up and says, this is what that was. Yeah. He talks about the book of Joel. This is yeah. what it is. That yeah. confidence that, that comes that, through. So and then, You know, a few days later was the guy who was, you know, Luke 22 was being sifted and shaken and fell away, you know. But, uh, yeah, well, he, fe- he fe- fell away. And then Jesus restored him. All of a sudden, he's got this boldness on him. Yeah. Uh, hey. They, uh, I think, um, Let's end with this because this is a good uh, question. Okay. So I have someone, right? I'm trying to teach people to grow in, in the prophetic. And this is generic. This right. isn't, uh, I have, we have someone. We're growing in the prophetic. And this person, they just see the bad on people. Like, this person has a demon. And I'm like, well, don't go tell them they have a demon. So right. how, do you, what do you administ- how do you administrate that? I think that that... Um, First of all, are they hearing, are they seeing and hearing right? They, they, they could be. Um, there are some times where I've found that people, um, they don't, they have a, they have a filter to, I don't know if this is the best way to say it. The Lord heals people. Mm -hmm. He doesn't fix them. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And the tone of those two words, fix and heal are two different things. So he's not a genie that snaps his fingers and you're fixed. He well, he he heals you in the sense of he says, um, I think I think where we have to be careful is is that if I'm healing something, it means that you were originally designed and created for something. Yeah. Okay. If I'm fixing you, then that means that it's just wrong. Yeah. <laughs> right from the from the get go, and and so I think that as a prophetic people, we want to see people healed, and so 
you know, we, we use that common phrase. There's, there's diagnosis, there's prognosis, and there's diagnosis. So I don't want to know just what's wrong with somebody. I want to know what is the, the remedy to help heal them. Yeah. Okay, because my experience is this, and I think it's one of the reasons why um, people don't get corrective words in judgment. Is there are a lot of people that are in sin that know they're in sin. Yeah. The law of God is written on our hearts, right? Mm-hmm. It's one of the reasons why you don't need a prophet to tell you sin. Um, <laughs> it's written on your heart. And so, like, you know, you just take something like a common struggle with um, with pornography or something like that. Most of the people that have that struggle with that sin, they're in a type of shame. And that is not um, that just telling them like, hey, you've got you've got a spirit of lust on you. That's not going to help them. It's like destructive. All all that does is make them more ashamed of the fact that people can actually see it. So then, which they can. But yeah. so so see, here's the thing: if you say if you say to some if you can see that on somebody, if and 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 let me tell you, it doesn't. You can actually we say it doesn't take a lot to see sin, sin yeah. on somebody. It really doesn't. And so. If you can see that, though, but it's like the Lord's heart is to restore and have restoration and bring life. So what's the remedy to that? Well, you know what? God is pure, and he washes us with the water of his word. So I'm going to I'm going to take a thing and go, you know what? I can see where the enemy's really just been trying to attack you with such and such. But, you know, I see his purity coming on this thing, and I see... Um, I see the Lord coming as 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 a as really. I just see Him taking you to a season where He's washing you right now, off. He's washing those mindsets off you. He's washing your eyes, you know. And and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say that because that's how the Lord's gonna heal that person. Yeah, it's not gonna be through you know. And so I'm not discounting uh, warnings and things like that when when people do, but I'm also. I'm also kind of like if that's all that you're seeing, you're not seeing the whole picture. Well, it's like you and said so earlier, the, the Lord's picture. a God. He's a God of redemption and yeah. restoration and healing, and it's it's like you say, prognosis and diagnosis, right? right? And so you know you might be seeing the problem, but the the Lord has an answer. And it's just as important to communicate um, the emotions of God as it is the facts of God. <laughs> you know. Yes. Okay. And so we again. Um, you know, there's nothing more powerful than facts with emotion. <laughs> That's quite true. You know, like and the, I mean, it's like you know it. It, yeah. it, it is just like it is just like, um, um, and and I think that's where it's almost like music. You know, music says tells people the facts of how they feel about somebody, but they say it in an emotion of way, and that's why it touches you so much. Is because it's like, wow. Um, uh, I, I hear what you're saying, but I feel what you're saying too. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things about the pr- prophetic is it, you you hear what the Lord's saying, but you also feel what the yeah. Lord is saying too. And and it's and and all those emotions, whether it's um, and and it's so um, you know the scripture says better is an open rebuke than secret love. Yeah, and I remember one time I uh, <clears throat> my dad was somebody who would call and rebuke me prophetically occasionally. <laughs> And, uh, but you know what? Every time he did that, it was so like, I remember one time he called me on the phone and he said, uh, he goes, I was talking to the Lord today and he goes, I'm going to tell you this. He goes, listen to me. He said, you're looking at this person. You are not them. You are looking at this person. You are not them. 
the Lord says, I have not created you to be such and such and such and such. And you are not da 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 da. And, and I mean, it was just like uppercuts yeah. to me because I was literally, I was looking at these two individuals that I really, really admired because they were just so uh, successful and they had a way of just hearing the Lord and they were just, they just made money hand over fist. And I was thinking like, man, I want to be, I want to be like them. But it was like, there was also a part of me that recognized like, I'm not that, I'm not them. Like I don't have that, I don't have that uh, particular grace. And so just hearing that correction though from the Lord, like you're not them (laughs) was something that was great. You know, I I have to say probably a lot of people don't, and we'll end with this, but a lot of people don't like the corrective words or, you know, words like, I would say probably there, there are seasons in my life where I cry out for corrective words. Yeah. Because I mean, if you're off, you want to know you're off. Right. And, you know, I remember there was a season where I didn't want the, you know, pat him on the back, attaboy words. I wanted a corrective word. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, maybe that was... You know, to me, again, it's all about life. What's going to bring you life? Yeah. Sometimes people need to know who they're created to be in Christ. They need that encouragement. They need to call that out, extract the precious from the worthless. And that's life for them. And other times it's a corrective thing and that's life for them. When I was an athlete... uh, and my coach knew this, I responded better to this is what happened, this is what you did wrong, this right. is what you should have done. Right. Instead of, oh, that was great, you gave your best. I, I didn't respond oh, good to I, that. If you're an athlete, I, if you're a true athlete, you do have that mentality. I, 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 I <laughs> needed to know, tell me exactly what I did wrong yeah. so I don't do it again. Yeah. And uh, and, and that kind of rolled over into my Christian life. Yeah. But, uh, but you, know, you know there is nothing better than having a – like, um, I think one of the, the things about, um, I know that there have been times, and that's why, again, I say, you know, my dad always said this, not an either or, it's a both and. And I love when I've gotten encouraging words that spoke to my destiny when I didn't have vision for myself. I love that. I also loved it when I started to have vision for myself and complain where the Lord came in and just totally corrected him. I don't I forget getting a word one time from Ira. Milligan and I was uh, and I he literally one time he just told me like what I've been praying and he goes he sat there and he goes he goes you wondered why you're going through this and this and this and this and this and he said you know why he said because you told him you would he goes you told him in prayer blah 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 and he just like went down and started like literally reminding the prayers that I had prayed to the Lord in my private worship time and I was like oh my god you're right. I said I'm being a living sacrifice, and now I'm complaining <laughs> about, about being on the Golly. altar. The thing is, just think about the Lord is He doesn't forget your prayers he that does. you made years ago. You know, you might not be he in that same state. He does not forget state. the prayers that align with your book. Your book. He does yeah. not forget them. I have a similar experience with Him. But anyway, so. It's refreshing, though. It really is. I mean, It's I, refreshing, yeah. and I think. And, it's and it's I like hope. it brings you back to that plumb line that get yeah. back to where you need to be. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, again, like, well, and I know we're talking about this, and I, I kind of go back to it. But, I mean, one of the reasons it's a pet peeve is because I know how refreshing it's been to my life. And I'm thankful for it. And so for somebody to just say, oh, that doesn't exist anymore, it's like you're robbing somebody of refreshment. Yeah, I agree. I don't want anybody to take away my cookies. Well, like you said, judgment of the Lord, (laughs) if it's it's judgment and correction of the Lord, 
it brings with it that life and peace yeah. and hope. There's always an aspect of hope. There is. You know? There is. So, anyway, thank you, John, for, Thanks for having me. coming Appreciate on, man. It, it was a two-part series for sure. But uh, I think a lot of people have a lot of questions about the prophetic, and so it's, it's always a blessing to just sit and, and talk with someone who, who has a lot of experience with it. So, anyway, that's all we got today, guys. Uh, bless you, and we will pick up... On our next episode.